Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you're listening to 4D Podcast Network. It is now time for the Ring General Radio Hour. Now, coming down to the microphone, hailing from the Twin City, the team of the Minnesota Mystics, Matt Nelson and John O'Beaver. It'll cost you $100,000 to have sex with Sonny. <laughs> Not only that, you get a ring. I get her ring, too. That is like the most expensive case of syphilis I've ever heard <laughs> in I my did, whole life. I heard of the two-pack. I didn't know it came in a case. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome to uh, Ring General Radio here on the 4D Podcast Network. As always, I'm John O'Beaver. Sure is. Who else we got here? That's Matt Atlantic, your co-host, and across from me, our producer extraordinaire. Stubby J. Hi. What's going on? Not much, man. How are you? Not bad. I've been uh, I've been suffering from Jake the Snake withdrawals all week. You are you mean, both sick? <clears throat> no, you mean you're suffering from lack of Diamond Dallas Page. I yoga. need more. I need more DDP yoga in my life. No, uh, I'm not kidding. I've walked around a lot all week, just going fucked them <laughs> <laughs> It's tough to shake. It's it's a very it's emotional story. It's hard. Um, Sometimes if you're not drunk Stellar show lined up this evening As always we have our three count countdown In memory of The passing of one of the, the greats Yes indeed One of the great jobbers of all time And uh, if we Weren't talking about His passing this evening already Ahead of our three count I, I, He would have made one of our lists So, oh, Without uh, a doubt Yeah, that, Of course we're talking about Iron Mike Sharp I loved Iron Mike. Passed Shire. away early Monday, I believe. Yep, longtime veteran. So, yeah, our three count tonight is going to be our favorite jobbers. Favorite jobbers this evening. Plus, we have, as always, we're going to be talking uh, about the latest and greatest in wrestling. We have uh, the Royal Rumble coming up here in a week and a half. No. Is that four, not right? Four days. Four days, man. It's on Shut Sunday. Shut up. I, th- <laughs> I thought it was the 31st. No. Uh, you are incorrect. Well, shit. Get your, Didn't get, it seem obvious the way I was talking to both of you that I thought it was in a week and a half? I, I honestly, one, had no effing clue what the hell you were doing. <laughs> but and the I thing got, is, I but, got in late to this conversation. But the thing is, is like, I don't. 
I don't question your judgment anymore. Because Why? the last time I did that, I took a chair upside the head. Why don't you question my judgment? Because <laughs> I got a chair upside the head last time, man. There's no... I clearly didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> this happens all the time with pay-per-view events. I'm all... <laughs> and you guys are like, no, it's tomorrow. You know, so... Well... That's Shit. fine, dude. No, we'll, we'll, it'll everything, be good. Everything will everything work works out. works out great. It's not fine, okay? <laughs> it'll work out perfect. We we have we have a surprise in store for next week. Absolutely, kind of uh, kind of we're we're tossing around the idea this week, but I don't. It just wouldn't have worked out this week regardless. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to do it next week. Sure it does, but we'll still do it because. What are we cover? What are we going to be recapping next week? Um, Lucha Underground. Yeah, <laughs> the five hour. I'm not kidding. So you guys told me all about this, and and I had uh, had brunch with Jono and the fam the other day, and even Jono's girlfriend was just going ape shit about this Lucha Underground. So I myself decided to take a look and see what it was all about. And mind you, I still don't have cable, but I was able to catch recaps for the first. 39 shows yeah. and they're one minute recaps and i feel like i'm caught up <laughs> i'm ready to go and on top of this like i had no idea that el rey was a network run by robert rodriguez the director right. yeah no clue at all yeah it's it's an interesting concept um obviously for the first season they probably had been working on kind of their storylines for quite some time before it uh now that they've got their second season kind of planned out um It'll be interesting to see how they how they follow up a, a stellar first season. Be honest, dude, it looks badass. Like yeah. some of the stuff, and like you're watching, you're like, "Damn, son!" Yeah, like you can't be doing that. Got the old Ricochet slash Prince Puma. It's an interesting way to present it too, to present the product. You know, and they showed some of the cutscenes and stuff like that, and it's completely telenovela. Yeah. Like you know how everybody says, oh, you know, professional wrestling's just just a, a soap, soap opera, opera for, for men. Yeah. Freaking Lucha Underground yeah. is a soap yeah, opera for guys. Completely embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. And you can you can tell and that Johnny Mundo sucks as an actor. <laughs> that guy is terrible. And you can you can definitely tell that they have the uh, the touch of Robert Rodriguez on this program. Absolutely, based on the the quality of all their. Uh, you know, because I like the violence out there. It is going to be a lot. Match. Great, man. That's sweet. <laughs> Not only that, because it's like a Mark Burnett. Is it Mike Burnett or Mark Burnett? It's Mark Burnett. Yeah. yeah, they use all like the stock television, like Hell's Kitchen themes <laughs> and songs like that. So, I like, love it, dude, that's it's good, man. I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, let's. Do you want to get started here with the show? Let's do it. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about, so let's roll right into our dirt sheets. <laughs> So to clarify with what we uh, opened the show with, I actually just, it sounds like, Matt, you already knew this. What's this? That Sonny is uh, auctioning off her WWE Hall of Fame ring. Yeah, this this kind of the story broke last week. I can't remember. I think it was Cheap Heat, uh, another podcast. uh, Kind of we're talking about it. And at that time, the the ring was only at like $3,000. Um, what did she say? Tammy Lynn Stitch is is on her eBay 
and she said she wants to put that chapter of her life behind her and move forward. And this is a way to kind of clear out her uh, history. Bullshit. So yeah, she it's, needs cash to, to treat, for, treat her gonorrhea. She totally needs cash. And apparently Vivid Entertainment has offered uh, Tammy Sitch um, $100,000 for the ring and a sex tape. Yeah. Well, it's a package deal. Like you, <laughs> We'll take the ring plus sex. And uh, they're giving her a chance to pick her partner for the tape and the location. Um, and she said um, she's open to this. She's, uh, direct quote, um, most girls have done movies for Vivid Entertainment, and it's never hurt anybody else's career. Oh, my God. It's definitely something <laughs> to consider, but $100,000 just isn't enough for me. No kidding. I think Are if, you serious? if you're going to set that she price, needs, she does needs, it matter uh, where it is? She needs teen mom money. Yeah, I mean, if, if the she... Old, the old Farrah Abraham <laughs> cool mill is what you're saying? If she decides to sell a video of herself having sex... Well, here's the, here's the deal. Teen, the teen mom, was she, she's still somewhat relevant, right? Who Who's teen mom? It's Farrah Abraham. Farrah Abraham? No. She has still, like... Yeah, sure. MTV on TV followers. <laughs> Who the hell... Yeah, sure, she's got else? followers on... Ex hamster and, and well now porn, but, but I mean I, that's before that teen, teen mom still has like specials and there's there's a there's a following for her at this point does Tammy Lynn Sitch have any kind of following outside of what she does on her like cam videos so I'm guessing this teen mom like made a sex yeah. video yes. yeah 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 she actually did two of them I believe sick she got a kid <laughs> disgusting <laughs> um, I think Sitch has like. Seven. I mean, don't team. get me wrong. I would watch it. Well, of course you it's, would. Yeah, it's one of those curiosity things. Absolutely, though, more than anything, right? I think it would turn into more of a cu- more than a <laughs> curiosity. Nobody, nobody will ever really admit that they watched the China sex tape, but everybody watched the China sex tape. <laughs> I honestly haven't seen it. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> I, I you are the biggest liar I've ever known right now. I'll admit to watching everybody and anybody having <laughs> sex. She Hulk. But China, Hulk Hogan, that's where I draw the line. Uh-huh. <laughs> that shit doesn't he's, interest me. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, got his, uh, he's got his lines. Get at it, brother. Um, well, yeah, apparently, um, speaking of... Liars? No segue here. Um, <laughs> have you guys heard this story about uh, WWE officials uh, upset? Well, well, the handful of people, the first one we'll talk about is Tyler Breeze. I did hear about this. Um, it's a little, a little bit of a shame. We've all noticed that his uh, his push, and he got a pretty decent push coming yeah, out of the roster. Straight out, he had a nice feud with Ziggler. Um, he got he got, got a valet. He got a valet. He got his own little seat next to the next to the ring yep. there, drinking margaritas and whatnot. Um, apparently, he as uh, Pro Wrestling Insider reports that recently he asked WWE for permission. To leave a television taping early, um, and as anybody knows, when when an employee has to go home early, um, it's got to be bullshit. <laughs> it's got to be something that's just a total bullshit lie, and it should be treated with aggression, um, which is exactly what happened here. Yeah, it's it's a shame. We don't know the the details about why he asked to to go home. Maybe he had a bad case of mud butt. Maybe he had to take care of that dog that he found in the parking lot of the performance center. Yeah, man. Maybe Who the, knows? Maybe the dog had a bad case of mud, mud butt. It's it's entirely possible. But yeah, it's it sucks because I think we all can agree that we 
think Tyler Breeze is a great talent. Um, it's it's just not being utilized correctly, and and if this is the reason that he's kind of getting pushed down the card, it's yeah, it sucks. Well, and it kind of already adds to the fact that uh, those reports earlier that Vince McMahon had flat out given up on Tyler Breeze. I think it's kind of BS, man. At least he asked and he didn't pull a Jerry Lawler or Austin and just left. You know, I mean, he, he asked them if he could leave. Right, and this is the and, guy. I mean, at least, he, you know, at least then, you know, he didn't just be like, well, you tell me I can't leave, then I'm going to leave anyway. And this is a guy that... Uh, I love how you say that, but you, <laughs> you have no idea. Have no Here's the deal. He went up to them. He said, please. <laughs> well, at this point... Do he you said, think, listen, I've got a China tape that I need to watch. <laughs> from from what we know of Tyler Breeze and, and his history, do you think that he would do something that would harm his kind of backstage pull? Because the guy has busted his ass, what, three, three and a half years down at NXT. He was he was the guy down there. And now that he's getting a shot up up top, don't you think he would kind of cherish that more than just saying, hey, fuck you guys, I'm, I'm going home, gotta eat some corn dogs? Well, he must have done something to piss somebody off um, at some point. Otherwise, they would have said, oh, no, it's fine. You do a lot of hard work around here, and you, we, we'll let you leave 20 minutes early. Right, and you, obviously, if Vince McMahon is not, uh, not on his side, that, that has to definitely work against him. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and it's definitely being noticed. So, Matt, what else you got? You know you got something over there. Uh, well, after all the hemorrhaging of talent that New Japan has had over the past couple weeks, it now sounds like they've made a nice new addition. I was confirmed yesterday that WWE Hall of Fame announcer Jim Ross will begin calling NJPW matches for Axis TV with Josh Bennett starting in March. Uh, JR will be doing voiceover work on previously recorded matches from a studio in Los Angeles rather than at the live events. I was going to say, do you guys like uh, barbecue sauce on your sushi? <laughs> did you guys say, did you say Josh Bennett? Yes. Josh Barnett. Sorry, Josh Uf- Barnett. Former UFC heavyweight champion Josh Barnett. Very cool. Uh, obviously, he previously called Wrestle Kingdom 9 last year and... Uh, he calls NJPW, quote, one of the most highly regarded brands for decades. So that'll be cool. I, I know you guys don't have cable. I'm just going to tout my own uh, horn here, which actually sucks because my cable went out Monday during Raw. So uh, that's a serves, yeah, serves me right. Yeah, so well, is this the well, presentation? Well, welcome down here with us commoners, man. <laughs> On Access TV, is this? It's not up to date. I remember. No, they're, they're was... several months behind, which is kind of a shame. You know, it really is. Yeah. That's, I think that's my, one of my lifelong goals is to stay up to date on the New Japan product versus a couple times and a there, year. And there's ways to do it. Obviously, we can follow dirt sheets and, and results sheets here, but it's just not the same as, as actually getting to see the product and having uh, an English commentating team. No, and I've, I've, I've contemplated getting the New Japan app. That allows you to watch right. all of their content, but that therein lies the problem. I don't speak Japanese yet. <laughs> Thank you, Jim Ross. But um, you know, I think that's the biggest step of the puzzle. Is that if they had English commentary um, year round on all of their shows, man, there's no stopping them. I really think so. Yeah, and the, and the the program that they air on Axis, I believe, is only an hour long. So when they have 
post-dated material, they're actually kind of condensing those matches into like the highlights too. So it's it's it sucks that it's not kind of up to date and live, but it's still better than nothing. No, I would uh, concur. Um, we were talking about Dolph Ziggler getting heat earlier. Apparently, he is not the only one. Um, Tyler Breeze. Did I say Dolph Ziggler? You did. You said, about, yeah. the, about the same. <laughs> WWE Tough Enough winner Josh, is it Brettle or Breddy? Brettle. Brettle? You pronounced that wrong. It's who gives a shit. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> he is now known as uh, Bronson Matthews. He's already getting massive heat in WWE. Despite being there for only a couple months, and this uh, actually started as a response to his tweet um, for the social outcasts. Am I getting that stable correct? It is. Yes, sir. Um, and he said, yep, I like it. Hashtag social jobbers. Um, although we throw that term around a lot on this show, that is not something that professional wrestlers like to be called. Not, not folks in the biz. Not at all. And uh, to which point he pissed off. Jake, you want to guess who he pissed off? Adam Rose. No, come on. Bo Dallas. The no, guy that gets pissed to, off at everybody. Nothing to do with the social outcasts themselves. Vince McMahon. No, Kevin Owens. Oh. Kevin Owens, among others. Uh, uh, what was his? Uh, Bull Dempsey was Bull also Dempsey. one of the uh, offended parties. And, and Stardust, which kind of surprised me. Stardust doesn't take shit off of anybody. But it's it's one of those things where he's kind of in that, in that range where you don't really know what to expect from him, but... I didn't expect him to call uh, this guy a dick. Yeah, he he actually responded the most direct. So, like, Kevin Owens has a <laughs> look at the veteran here with the big fancy insider terms. Um, and then, you know, of course you have, you know, I think Bull Dempsey was the most, you know, hey, man, this isn't cool. You know, he he was the most dick. kind of understanding and tried to talk him through until Josh kind of dug himself further down the hole. No. And, and then, uh, you know, Kevin Owens says, people like him fizzle out by themselves pretty quick anyway. And then I think somebody said, well, like, why are you getting so mad? He's one of your peers. And then Kevin Owens says, no, he's not our peer. <laughs> and then Stardust straight out, enjoy, enjoy dressing in the hall, dick. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's flawless. It's it's the best one of the of the lot. And I think there's a lot more to this um, because as I go on the uh, the um, the squared circle um, Reddit, um, there's a lot of you know posts that says, "Oh, look what he said." That I go I go and they're not there on Twitter anymore. So I think yeah, he's he, tried he to backtrack quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I think it shows his. Um, Let's say ignorance. His naivete. Yeah, his naivete. So, well, well done, Yeti. So I, I, I think that's going to pretty much spell out uh, a <laughs> pretty good chunk of his So that means here. ZZ is by default the, uh, yeah. the next Tough Enough contestant. Yeah, ZZ is by default Did you see one. what they did with the other Tough Enough winner? She's on... Uh, She's on D- Total Divas. Divas this season. Totally Divas. Yeah. What's it, Mandy, Mandy or something? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Our, our boy Vince Russo. Uh-oh. Our boy. Uh, he's in early yeah. talks with JBL about appearing on his Legends with JBL in the future. Your boy, Jono. Your boy, Vince Russo. What would he say to I'm JBL? A, I'm a proud Italian New York man. That's that's absolutely true. Pretty much all he has to say. Yeah. So this comes after uh, Eric Bischoff was on recently, and he, he heavily criticized Mr. Russo for his role in the downfall of WCW. 
Um, JC, JBL has, has now given Vinny a chance to respond. This has got to happen, right? Oh, they, yeah. It absolutely has At to. At the same point, I, you know, I, I frequent the, you know, the one of seven billion pro wrestling podcasts. Um, and he's on most all of them. <laughs> so he, I think he's been on our show like once or twice. <laughs> can we reenact this? Um, can, can we do kind of kind of a reenaction? He says the same thing every time. Can we, let, me, let, me do, let me do this. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Michael. Michael. What were you thinking when you decided to start writing for WCW? Who's Michael? Am I? Which you're you're Vince Russo, but he, JBL calls everybody Michael. 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 Um, tell me, tell me, give me, take me through the steps of you writing for WCW. I knew I had to reinvent and put some new blood, quite literally, into the product. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, listen, Michael, Michael. You sure that was a smart idea? Yes. <laughs> no, he, uh, you know, I, I've heard it from every different angle, and I can't imagine hearing it again and thinking, oh, that was a good idea. You know, but he, honestly, the only thing he said that's ever made sense is if I had nothing to do with WWE success and it was all Vince McMahon, why are they, why have they not seen the same level since I left? Um, and the question is, I don't know, <laughs> and I don't really care. I I've didn't been, honestly. I didn't think the Attitude Era writing was like anything brilliant. No, they, I thought it was trash. <laughs> like the writing itself was not great. It's they had the stars to make it. It was. It was. Yeah, they had people that could handle that. Honestly, I thought that was just shit material. I still, even as a kid, there, I was like embarrassed ass, to watch give a lot middle of it. fingers, drink beer. I've been watching. It was a winner. I've been watching older WCW pay per views. And it just makes me think, whatever happened to Mike Sanders? <laughs> whatever happened to Mike Tanay? <laughs> Iron Mike Tanay. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't didn't the, suffer the, uh, the same prof- result. The Professor Mike Tanay. Matt, do you have uh, do you have anything else? Uh, just one more uh, quick ratings uh, tidbit. Yes, so, I love the ratings. Three point four nine six million viewers averaged on Monday's Raw, which is bad. slightly up from the week yeah. prior. Okay, your weekly TNA viewership. 150,000. So 255,000 was a debut episode on Pop TV. Week two, what do you got? I'm going to say 149,000. I'm going to say 151,000. You're both incorrect. If you combine them, they're close. It's 288,000. So viewership Whoa. increased. Wow. With their uh, Matt Hardy. No, this was this was the... Uh, I don't know what happened last week. They offered a ring from Tammy Lynn Sitch. Yeah, <laughs> that was... Ring, ring for a... Ring for a ding-dong? Yeah. Ring, ra- <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Nothing's coming to mind. It's too funny to begin with. There's no way to improve on it. Moggle. <laughs> um... That's all I got, my man. That's uh, he well, fucked him. Well, I uh, let's close this up on a little story I read. Um, I don't know if this is entirely accurate, but knowing Dan Severn, I think it's pretty good chance that oh, it is in the spirit of the Royal Rumble. So the full story is that Dan was asked to become a disciple of the Undertaker by the creative team. Back in the day, they wanted to put a six 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 across his forehead in a way of using his nickname, which was the Beast, 
um, along the lines of the Mark of the Beast. Severn refused to do it as he was from a small town and he didn't want this image to affect his family or his friends. After the refusal, he was apparently threatened, essentially, with being made a jobber. Um, in response to this, Severn implied that he could go out there and legitimately overpower, beat up, or hurt his opponents instead. And one interview, he was actually cited as saying... He admitted that uh, with the Royal Rumble coming up, he intended to go out there right before leaving for WCW and legitimately win the thing by tossing everybody out. <laughs> um, obviously, that never happened. Uh, stronger heads prevailed. Um, how true this is, I don't know, but just imagine. Like the Rumble turning into the biggest shoot in the history <laughs> of professional wrestling. And on top of it all, Dan Severn. Stands tall and those have been your dirt sheets. Yeah. So are those. <laughs> those for Dan Severn winning the Rumble. Oh, good. Nothing but jobbers this week. Good for you, Dan Severn. All right. Uh, time, as always, to begin our favorite segment of the evening. A little thing we call the three count countdown. All right, Matt, what are we talking about this evening? Uh, this weekend, in, in in honor of Iron Mike Sharp, we are doing our favorite jobbers. So, gents that went out there became uh, enhancement talent for uh, more prominent superstars. Well, um, a little background here. I, I, in professional wrestling slang, I got it right here in front of me, a job is a losing performance in a wrestling match. It's derived from the euphemism, doing one's job which was an employee to protect kayfabe. Now, is it true that most times these jobbers were pretty much from that hometown? They, you know, they were hometown talent who went in the ring and, and fought these guys. I mean, there were a couple mainstays, but from what I remember, a couple of them were like, yeah, man, WWE's in town. We need some people to come in here. And I think, yeah, primarily in the earlier days, that's kind of what they did is they employed a, a lot of these jobbers were, were paid on a match-by-match basis. Yeah. See, and the interesting thing is that I think a lot of them that in our countdown are not necessarily the local guys. These are guys that they decided, oh. you know, we got to keep these guys around. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then keep them down as much as possible. Yes, sir. Um, so, Matt, why don't you get us started? All righty. We'll do count one. Uh, my first count this evening uh, is a is not a very well-known individual, but uh, early 80s, he had a, a brief run. Um, and I'm talking about Special Delivery Jones. So this is a guy who uh, who didn't work, like I said, a long time. But he uh, he had some memorable matches uh, where he worked with Tony Atlas. Uh, they teamed up quite a bit. He guy guy had a great physique. looked looked like somebody you'd want to push back in those days. Um, but ultimately, this guy was. Uh, a guy who uh, rocked a uh, Hawaiian shirt and rocked some maracas. Um, and yeah, he uh, wound up being uh, looking up at the lights on, on most evenings. I wonder what it is about, uh, and it's, it's about all these guys. Do you think it's a personality thing? Do you think it's a ability thing? What do you think it was that kept them from getting over this hump? That is, it's hard to say. Like I said, this guy has the look. But uh, 
it, it must be just like a personality that uh, that something about him just didn't work for uh, for being a a top of the card kind of guy, or or just a guy that got victories. Yeah, and he's been around. Um, he was around quite a bit, but um, the guy even had a an LBJ figure made of him. Did he? He did. Did you just say LBJ? Oh, Ellen, or excuse me, LJN. <laughs> I was going to say he knew Lyndon Johnson. He did. <laughs> so yeah, he had an LJN, the uh, one of the series three in 1986. So we're gonna, we're gonna find we're gonna find one of those. See how much believe. that goes for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> SD Jones special LJN delivery Jones. So on eBay we can get a brand new, there not he is. not brand new, six, rock in the Hawaiian shirt, six bucks. It looks like he actually had two. I think it, the Hawaiian shirt was different colors, or the shirt. Was. Yeah, we got we got a Hawaiian shirt and we got a red shirt version. I gotta have both. Um, <laughs> awesome, yeah, great count one, Matt. Thank you very much. I know you've got a great one as well. What are you uh, What are you gonna hit us with? Um, well. I was normally normally we would play the theme song of this individual, but as you know, for for job guys, themes come few and far between. <laughs> but instead, I'll play probably the theme that he's most notable or most commonly mem. Jeez. Um, yeah, I'm talking about Mike Bell. Um, which, if you've seen the documentary Bigger, Stronger, Faster, um, you get to see a nice uh, snippet of Mike Bell's wrestling career. Um, if you go into YouTube and type in Mike Bell, there is a ninety-nine percent chance that you will see Perry Saturn, Perry Saturn with the shoot flipping out on this this guy. Um, and I actually watched uh, Saturn explain. He was like, "Yeah, you know, he dropped me on my head a couple times. Uh, I got really upset and completely overreacted. <laughs> and I think the biggest spot in this match that you'll notice is when he." Throws him out of the ring. Through the ropes, yeah. And Saturn said, yeah, when I threw him out of the ring, that was so I wouldn't hurt him anymore in the ring. <laughs> um, and I didn't intend for him to land on his neck. That was just because he sucked. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's one of those guys that you recognize his face so much because you see him everywhere. Um, and he was definitely a mainstay. He was around. Um, and he actually got some some notoriety and some success. Um so I don't know. I, I honestly I find it hard because I really don't like to badmouth wrestlers. Because I mean, at the end of the day, what have I accomplished? <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where a microphone where in front of you. you. It's true. It's we were able to afford this <laughs> microphone. Um, but at the end of the day, it's. I mean, even if you look on his Wikipedia page, Bell was <laughs> well known in the wrestling community for a 2001 incident with Perry Saturn <laughs> during a videotape WWF dark match. Um, it takes up. Probably a third of his entire yeah. career <laughs> is pissing off Perry Saturn. So um, you can't you can't forget about Mike Bell, <laughs> without a doubt. And yeah, like you said, if if nothing else, check out the YouTube clip. It's it's nothing if if not a, a little bit of a, a look behind when things go wrong in the ring. Yeah, with Saturn. So so uh, special delivery Jones passed away in two thousand eight. Mike Bell also passed away in 2008. I think SD Jones was old. I think Mike Bell was addicted to painkillers. He so was. I, substance abuse is what it says. Um, which they actually made a movie about that called Prescription Thugs. Um, <laughs> so, 
What does that tell you? Nothing. So- sounds like he was more of a uh, a figure in films than he was <laughs> in the wrestling ring. Okay, we are now making fun of a guy <laughs> who. T- <laughs> oh, we're going to hell. Um, but yeah, Mike with, Mike Bell to hell with Mike Bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, wow. let's let's move on. Let's, let's move on. Let's, we got so we got some wrestling to talk about. The Royal Rumble is in two months. <laughs> um, so a couple things. I was watching the most recent, and now, now now I'm a little upset because I didn't realize this was the go home show that I just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably gave me so many opportunities to <laughs> correct my trade. They probably said it so many times. This Sunday. And for some reason, I didn't hear it. You but can get it free this Sunday if you sign up for the WWE Network. So the first thing you I noticed... I want it next Sunday. And you save $45 <laughs> by not subscribing through your cable company. And like, you guys, when we first walked in, you were like, what are you guys doing for the Rumble? And I was like, who gives a shit? We'll figure it out next week. <laughs> I didn't say anything. So um, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, man, our boy Bellamy's going to be out of town. It's like, how does he know so far in advance <laughs> he's going to be out of town for this? Matt's um, like, I have no idea when I'm coming home. When are you leaving? <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me. Matt's going out of town like every other day. <laughs> um, so I noticed they had the uh, the Martin. It was MLK Day on Monday. Yes, they did. Um, I don't. I celebrated the day after the Total Divas premiere no, versus MLK. MLK was number two, but I noticed they did the you know the video package. The video package in front show. of the show. And something about pretty much every song WWE uses for everything that I just hate. Really? Wouldn't you say so? I mean, not, like... Not as of late, no. A few themes will pop up that you're like, these are great, you know? Especially some of the ones they're using in NXT. But if you notice, like, a couple of the themes for a while in NXT were good, and they're starting to revert back to not as good um, as people are debuting. But, like, I hate the music they use for these packages. I really do. I actually enjoy it. Well, you would, but I actually <laughs> be that as may. I actually fast forwarded over the the video package at the beginning. Well, of the you show. don't do that, man. you bastard. That's too far. Wow, dude. I know. I, I here feel, we are. I feel making, terrible admitting it. Here we are making fun of Mike Bell, and you go and pull something like that. <laughs> that means I'm just gonna have to celebrate uh, Black History Month twice as hard this year. You and Jimmy Bellamy are gonna have to hang out. <laughs> um. But in, then, in ring attire. So I, I, I guess I'm I'm not I'm I'm one of the only ones that thinks that way. I just hate those like feel good like country pop songs with the terrible choruses. They're and not all country. Pop. I just always I just feel like man. I really hope nobody walks in while I'm watching this because it's embarrassing. <laughs> this crap song being on your pants off. You know, playing, um, with, playing with a couple of remotes. <laughs> more than one. Do you guys remember the time that there was more than one storyline going into the Royal Rumble yep. in terms of, you know, I mean, the Royal Rumble, it literally seems like it is a Roman Reigns show. It, it is. I, point, yeah. I also remember the Rumble creating more storylines. Like the, Ro- right. the the Rumble was the start of your year. That's, with yeah, lines. that's the thing is like the, the Royal Rumble can either create storylines or enhance them. And, and do it do it greatly like i was i was just watching the uh i think of the 97 rumble before i came here mm-hmm. and there was matches that were on before the card and they carried over into the match and and it worked and now you have you have basically lesnar and reigns as the the two top guys that everybody's going after 
and and every other kind of storyline has been kind of just tossed aside. The 97 card was weird, too. Like, between 94 to 97, where they would have the Rumble match, and then they would have the championship match on after the Rumble yeah. match. Yep. yep. It, was, it was goofy. Well, I think 95. Yeah, 95 it finished with the Rumble. The was, 96, that, was that Michael's second one? That was Michael's first one. The 96 was the second. And then 97 is when they really started doing that shit. Cause yeah, because because I just watched ninety six the other night, and Michaels won, and Diesel hung out down by the ring still after it was all done, and attacked the Undertaker when he was on his way down. I always remember that one because Diesel was like, "I ain't afraid of the dark. I ain't afraid of the dark." Um, but now I mean I know what's going to happen. I, like the Royal Rumble to me was one of the few things growing up as a kid I couldn't predict. Maybe it's because I wasn't as as tuned in. Yeah. Um, but now it's, you know, who's going to win? Well, it's going to be either Triple H or Roman Reigns, without a doubt. Really? Everybody knows 100%. That's that's everything I've heard. I've heard, like, maybe Bray Wyatt, maybe Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but remember the year that we all thought that Daniel Bryan was going to come back and win this thing, and he didn't. He didn't even get in the damn match. He was in the match for maybe two minutes, and then Sheamus won the fucking thing. <laughs> well, that was that was the odd kind of, like, fans demanding that they be told a certain story. Which, like, at that point, why be told a story if you're going to say, hey, you're going to tell me this story and this is how it's going to end now? And that's, I think that's kind of what they've run into, especially in the last two with uh, <clears throat> Batista winning and then, and then uh, yeah. Reigns last year where it's, it's been just there's no surprises. And if, if you are of the uh, mindset where there's literally only two possibilities, then it, then it does. It, it makes it less intriguing. Well, what I hate is when you get down to a final four where you, you know, and I think that was the thing with the Batista Royal Rumble is there wasn't anybody that you kind of felt towards the end that maybe could, you know, and that's where people started booing before the the thing was even over because it's like, we don't want any of this. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want a turd or a shit sandwich. We want a Royal (laughs) Rumble winner. We want somebody we can get behind. So uh, be the booker. Who's going to win this? There's so many things they could do, but they wouldn't because let's, it doesn't make sense. Let's let's go let's go two two sided. One, be the booker who's going to win. Two, who do you want to win? I think um, it would be very cool, and it would shake things up to have um, you know. I w- I would be happy with Lesnar winning. You know, that's that's who I say should win. Who I want to win, I would probably say you know Bray Wyatt. Make something interesting happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Make me give me give give me something that like I wouldn't anticipate, and it's going to make me go, man. I got to watch Raw tomorrow because I have no idea how this is going to go. Right, and I, I I'm actually kind of of your same mindset. I would love to see Lesnar Lesnar have it again and just be the beast again. Um, but then I think that the, the, what they set up on Monday at the end of the show, showing how good that faction can be when they're working together, mm-hmm. putting that title on Wyatt makes makes it legitimate it makes him a threat well i think it gave him the the proper um storyline clearance to have them eliminate lesnar if say they're all in at right. the same time and then does that open up lesnar for a shot at at mania with with wyatt god that'd be a great match right Wouldn't it? That'd, that'd be a really good match that'd be a fantastic match uh i i'm going the same route like i would love to see um i, w- I would love to see lesnar win it sonny's tits <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him, man. So I would love to see. I'd love to see her a ring skin of past pregnancies. 
fair, Abraham. <laughs> uh, I I would love to see Lesnar win, and I I I want to. I think Lesnar's going to win. I'd love to see why I take this. I really would. Um, Roman Reigns goes to number twenty nine. Yeah, no. I I don't think so. I think well, will he? Yeah, he's going to go number one and probably win the whole fucking thing. <laughs> well, but, he's, he's starting number one. Like that's that's a given. That was told to us on Raw. He's entered number one. I like the fact that Daniel Bryan got eliminated unceremoniously uh, during the Rumble that everybody like demanded he win because like as soon as he got eliminated, I'm like, good, thank God. Like let's just yeah. move on now. Like, yeah, and then they wouldn't let well, anybody that's the thing, leave. Is like, that's yeah. the, that was the one that. Everybody nearly rioted when Reigns won, though. Damn near flipped his car. <laughs> so that that was the thing is like, if I think we brought we talked about this last year where eliminating Reigns or eliminating Brian that early kind of took out the steam and then let the the crowd kind of recover from that prior to it. Whereas if he was in there to the last opponent, who knows what kind of shit would have gone down. Any surprises, do you think? Do you think AJ Styles makes his de- appearance, his debut? Um, I think we'll take this as an opportunity to put a pause <laughs> and take our break. And we can discuss who we think the potential surprises will be post-break. But first and foremost, here's another uh, taste of somebody we might get to see at the Rumble.
You're soft, you're sloppy. They calling me poppy. I'm rolling in bands, riding around, and I beat up July. Hey, go. Pros want to copy, but they are just not on I'm up in the club, stacking the dubs, and stuck in a lot. I'm hot like sauce. You soft like balsa. You ain't heard of me? Well, you probably are. Ask about me. Nice to meet you. So good to see you. Bros want to act hard and easy. Take it easy. This is Tay Beaver, and you're listening to Ring General Radio on the 4D Podcast Network. Oh, man. We're back. Teddy, he's hot like salsa. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of hot, over the break, we couldn't help but uh, tempt ourselves um, and go look at uh, one of the many photographs of Tammy Lynn Sitch. Um, naked in the past, let's say, couple years. Uh, she looks like Mad Madam Mim. <laughs> <laughs> fucking the sword in stone. stone. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. It is not good. I imagine, like, oh, she was really pretty, you know, back in the day. Like, you don't lose all of that. No, right. she looks like well, a was haggard what, librarian. 30 years ago. Yeah, that you somebody raised from the dead. I mean, that. well, we saw two versions. We saw, like, a younger version, then we saw what happened. Yeah, we saw whatever that was. <laughs> oh, God. 100K? 100K, yeah. We'll, we'll start saving now. <laughs> you can see why they uh, might not raise their offer. At least we get the ring with it. Um, so before the, uh, before the break, um, we were talking about uh, the Royal Rumble and how it's coming up here in a couple years and <laughs> how we are... Uh, talking about who what kind of surprises we hope to see in the royal rumble um so before we move on uh to the rest of our stellar three count talk let's let's decide who who do we think will be in there who's what's a big surprise who's, you're who's a what's it so i i think you brought up one name already um in triple h um i know that there was kind of a uh sour uh feeling towards him after the beatdown he suffered from Roman Reigns at night. What was it, the last one? Tables, letters, chairs. Yeah. Um, and then he went off to London and, and appeared no worse for the wear when he introduced the NXT program, um, kind of losing kayfabe all the while. <laughs> Continuity uh, is something that, that wrestling fans really need to either. Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, at this point, if they're kind of looking at them as separate brands, and whatever but yeah it's 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 kind of weird um but i think i fully expect him to have some sort of participation in the in the match do you see him as a participant or somebody who's just going to ruin the match for him i I see him as a participant i see vince as somebody that's gonna interfere really but i disagree i think i see i think i see trips not being a participant in the actual match but i do see him affecting the outcome of this Fair enough. Okay. Um, you got you got a surprise for us. I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see somebody from NXT come in. Who? Tyler Breeze. Finn Balor. Tyler Breeze comes back. <laughs> I think maybe even like a you know like a like a Baron Corbin or you know something 
they're all getting pretty entrenched in their feud for the NXT title now. Yeah. And it looks like Sami Zayn's going that route as well. Um, but, you know, any anybody really, uh, a Samoa Joe, you know, a yes. Dory Funk. You guys see that uh, Samoa Joe is, is fighting Gargano. Johnny, yeah. Johnny, Johnny wrestling, Gargano. wrestling tonight. Um, but realistically, I think I, I would be satisfied if we got to see, you know, AJ Styles. And that's, I think, kind of one of those guys that makes the most sense to kind of drop that surprise during the Royal Rumble when we've heard that uh, he's he's signed his deal. Um, I don't, I'm not 100% sure that we can expect or even halfway expect any of the other three that well the other three haven't as far as i know they haven't officially signed right that's because they still are technically under contract with new japan so So it's 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 crazy to think but honestly it'd be nice to if they use this opportunity to push someone because you can really make someone in, in an evening or in a match anybody who's been on that secret roster showing up well, probably a whole bunch of them. <laughs> Honestly, I, I I begin to lose track of you know. I, I'd say you know. Is Jake I, the Snake gonna get his one last row. Right I don't now? know what Cesaro's timetable looks like. I think. I mean, I I think we could probably see Orton in this. Orton has been in a lot of the packages that they've been putting out as of late. Yeah, I know. I think he had neck issues though. I, that's it's it's questionable as far as any of the uh injured participants a lot of people too are are pointing at daniel bryan being in this yeah i know that he was looking to get clearance once again from the wwe doctors would be it would be a welcome surprise for sure um but at this point it's it seems like it it might be something just too far gone okay. yeah i don't know if i'd be happy seeing him wrestle simply because like i'd you, you, the whole time there's that I'd be thing like, where uh, where you're 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 excited to see him, but you're honestly nervous. Yeah, because there's there's no. I don't think any of us will hold ill will towards what Daniel Bryan has given to the wrestling industry, but you want what's best in long term for. It was kind of like when Triple H came back, or no, no, Shawn Michaels came back yeah. to take on Triple H in 2002. I was like, I don't do it, Shawn. <laughs> um, so and you were right. You were absolutely right. I have something a little off beat that I wanted to bring up before we. Uh, before we move on, do you want to go through the undercard too? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't. We can. We can. We can make mention if that's fair. If that would please the crowd. I think so. Be a booker. Just because you don't know that it's happening this week, if you want to book next week, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the New Day versus the Usos for the tag team titles. Waste of a match. Which yeah, New Day wasn't even on Raw this last week. What the hell? No. Yeah, okay. they were. Were they? Yeah, man, they put uh, they put Francesca to the to, they buried Francesca, the trombone. I missed that. Uh, yeah, they buried Francesca the trombone, and Big E fought one of the Usos. Must have been when my cable was out. And then you got uh, Charlotte taking on Becky Lynch for the Divas Championship. I see a RI by the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Well, he won't be running in. He'll be at ringside. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> no, I do. It says right here. Throw some hobble. Throw it's more of a hobble in it. Hobble in. Throw some ring, some uh, knife edge chops. So we see Charlotte ring, ring jacket keeping. We got suit coat. Alberto Del Rio taking on Callisto for oh. the fourth week in a row. <laughs> I wanted. I wanted your take on this because you were upset when Callisto wins the belt, but then he ends up losing it right away to, on SmackDown, and then now he's fighting again for the belt. This is fifty fifty booking at its worst to the point where I do not care. Yeah. Is it time it's to get could rid not of that? care less? Time to get rid of that belt. 
No, it's time to get rid of like swapping it back and forth. <laughs> you know, when John Cena had it, it seemed to mean something for that brief period of time, and now it's like it's crappy crap shit. So, uh, <laughs> Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens, last man standing match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. This will be good. Yeah, they couldn't they couldn't have built this one any better. the The build for this has been phenomenal. Um, their rivalry is it's probably the best thing going at the moment as far as actual storylines and being the booker i would love to see owens back on top um i don't think it hurts ambrose to not be the title holder um but i i think that kevin owens with a title makes him that much more of a threat it just makes him that much more believable as a badass here are your entrance so far for the rumble match Reigns is coming in at number one. Brock Lesnar, Sheamus, Chris Jericho, Stardust, Bray Wyatt, Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Ryback, Big Show, and Curtis Axel. Now you add that to the two kickoff match winners, um, and we have a total of 15, which leaves plenty of room for some fun. Yeah, good stuff. So the question I was going to pose before Jake interrupted with this (laughs) undercard (laughs) bullshit is... (laughs) Do you guys notice that it's tough to really... I, I noticed this during the Wyatt Family segment. Um, would The Undertaker have been nearly as imposing if he had come down wearing his own T-shirt from the merch stand? Do you notice that people wear their T-shirts almost 100%? I mean, there was eight guys in that match, and every single one of them was wearing their own T-shirt. Yeah. Isn't that the dumbest thing? No. Why wouldn't it be? Because it's not in, like so. Bray Wyatt, this whose T-shirt are you gonna wear down to the rings? Nobody's. You don't wear a fucking T-shirt. <laughs> they're they're a little chubby. They wear T-shirts. You should. I mean, if you're gonna wear a T-shirt, you like want them to wrestle in the Hawaiian shirts. I want them to wrestle in something that would resemble like gear, like I like you know something that goes in line with their character. You're telling me Bray Wyatt like goes out and he goes to like a tailor and he's like, I want you to put buzzards on one pant leg like he should be wearing pants that are just like around that he has that's in line with his character what the fuck is he going i'm sorry follow the buzzards man jesus does bray wyatt strike you as the type of character that gives a shit about his own like his own fashion i guarantee you that some bitch eric Eric rowan is the kind of guy that's gonna go get like a airbrushed jumpsuit to add to his collection he sewed those freaking buttons on his jumpsuit I, I feel like. Do you guys not see what I'm saying? I feel like Bray Wyatt. I, gu- I guarantee you, Luke Harper probably rolls around in mud before he gets in the damn ring. I feel like that- Bray Wyatt is somebody that that has some sort of focus on his image. Just his character as a as a leader has to have some sort of air of ego to him, where yeah. where his appearance would would affect his followers. His followers, and I think that you, you, these guys. They're they're just out there in whatever they could wear. They can't all wear extra small tank tops like Braun Strowman. So have the Undertaker ditch his, his hat and his long coat and just have him wear a beanie from WWE shop.com and wear his own t shirt. Taker used to wear his t shirt down to the ring all the time. When he was the dead man. Yeah. <laughs> when he was like the, the, the you know, the the kid rock. Dead the, man walking. He wore his t shirt down to the Yeah. Do you not see it as kind of stupid to wear your own t shirt? To the, the ring of destruction. I yeah. Is I, it, am I, I the only I, one? Personally, that sees I, this? I do. But at this point, there's no going back. 
these- I don't. I don't. If, if you're doing if you're doing something small like an RI, yeah, I see that being dumb. <laughs> but if you're coming down for a match and you make your way down to the ring wearing the shirt, it's like Hitman wearing the glasses. Hitman's gonna wear his own stupid glasses down to the ring. Uh, but he gives it away, doesn't he? I don't. Just you, like half of these guys have give no away idea their what shirts. you're saying. The, the, uh, I, a printed T-shirt that the, is clearly being worn so that other people buy it is different from Hitman's sunglasses and like badass jacket. You telling me you could go on WWE shop right now and buy that jacket? You buy the glasses. Not, he you can't buy the glasses. He didn't you buy give the jacket away. And these guys are giving these T-shirts away to That's the crowd. That's what I'm saying. It, it, like, do you honestly think Superman would be as badass as he is if he did? If he wore jeans and a Superman T-shirt? <laughs> Like is that that's what you're saying right now? These characters are literally losing all like I'm not larger sure than life. They, they equate, but but that they, the, the dumbest they do. part the dumbest part to this is guys that wear their t-shirt and are just wearing trunks. That's the that's the stupidest look of all time. If they fight in that, yes. Not if they come down to coming the ring down. Even it. Randy Orton, he, Randy Orton looks like a goddamn douchebag. When his his shirt is covering his trunks, yeah, and like he looks like, like he's wearing a, a man skirt. Yeah, and oh you can see God. those little pecker <laughs> coming out from the bottom. You can see just that little peeking, lump that doesn't get covered out. by the shirt. No, okay. I guess I, we're gonna have to agree. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of in between you two. I I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, I understand why they're doing. Batman's it. not gonna wear his gear anymore. He's just gonna wear a Batman T-shirt. Because that's that's what sells. Batman it's fights his in his damn T-shirt. Batman doesn't wear a fucking T-shirt. <laughs> you oh. don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. We count two. Tammy Lynn Sitch time for a, count two. <laughs> Tammy Lynn Sitch needs a T-shirt <laughs> and pants. <laughs> I would really oh. like to know what Panda Pete thinks about this T-shirt <laughs> business. If he thinks that, that we, wrestlers and- wearing T-shirts. <laughs> Almost exclusively, kind of takes away. I like from how you completely skipped over our go-to guy in the, in uh, apparel. Oh yeah, well Bellamy, I know exactly what he's going to say. <laughs> I know I won't agree with Bellamy. That's why I have to ask Panda. What about John Cena wearing his own apparel down to the ring? That's see, like John Cena, like he is. I've we have given him shit for wearing tennis shoes and cargo shorts since he started. You know, I agree with Bellamy that I like trunks, but like. <laughs> Don't you think that these larger-than-life characters should be wearing something like more often than not that you're like, oh man, where do I get one of those? You know. But instead, it's like, oh yeah, that's twenty nine ninety nine. You can go buy it right now. You notice that as soon as the T-shirt comes out, they start wearing it. That's marketing. It's too far. How is it too far? Because it never used to be like this, and now like go no to matter, these events. Holy no shit. matter you and what I your went- character is, you're gonna wear a T-shirt. You oh. and I went to Raw. Okay, how many WWE T-shirts did you see there? They were all WWE T-shirts. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is marketing. You see a guy like Bray Wyatt where he's wearing his shirt. You see that shirt. You say, I liked the design of that shirt. I'm going to buy it. Nobody's going to end up seeing it sitting in the back of the goddamn shelf going, well, I mean, that's kind of cool. That's how it always used to be. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, remember every this? single wrestler has to wear their own Do you own remember t-shirt? a guy named Hulk Hogan? Yeah, Ooh, he should, yeah, he, he wore his T-shirt all the time. I'm not saying like with trunks. They all <laughs> they all can't wear their own shirt. I'm saying not every single one should be wearing a shirt from the merch stand. At that point, what's the point of having characters? What do you what do you what do you think your character is? Oh, uh, he's gonna come down to the ring. 
Uh, what do my, you think about my character is going to be midnight outcast, midnight oh, Johnny Delight, and he's going to be wearing a midnight Johnny Delight T-shirt. That's what I imagine when I imagine this character. You're going to make a T-shirt for him, and that's going to be his character, and he's going to wear that T-shirt until you make a new T-shirt. Is Midnight Johnny Delight a heel or a face? Do you think do you he's think, becoming a heel pretty quickly? Do you not think that they want to, to sell their merchandise though? They're going to sell the merchandise whether they wear it or not. Like, do you not realize that, like, no matter what, when you go to a show, you're going to walk up, you're going to look at the shirts, and you're going to buy one? So, for example, do you think uh, the Suplex City shirt that we all three have would be as popular or would have been as apparent had Brock Lesnar not worn it? Good call. Good one there. So, (laughs) I want to say this. You do realize that there's T-shirts they sell that don't make it on TV. There are. And, and how, it's probably like and 5% it, of them. And Right. And how much do those sell? Exactly. Okay. Wrestling is, is, is to sell T-shirts. <laughs> I, get, I get it now. That's definitely. That's what this all it, is. It's, it's definitely a large part of it. They, they're they're hey, there to make Rick money. Ric Flair, ditch that robe. We have this T-shirt for you to wear. We think that'll get over more. By the way, he used to wear a T-shirt underneath his robe in his later days, and he wrestled in that shirt. An evolution, I believe you Yeah, wore. he did. Yeah, do you, do you listen to the reason as to why he wore the shirt? Because he's got baloney tits. Because he was it self admittedly <laughs> like out of shape to not feel comfortable. Okay, he, it's time for count two. <laughs> Matt, just go. <laughs> I'm really oh, hoping John. Actually, I'm hoping John is of the, the funny, week. The funny thing here is that this guy's uh, brother, uh, he at one time wore wore a t shirt down to the ring. Um, I'm talking about Leaping Lanny Pafo. His body is impervious to pain, but all his big decisions he is leaving up to Heenan. That indicates he doesn't have a brain. (laughs) You're questioning my sanity for facing such a man. I realize that he is awfully big, but I came here to fight the odds and score a victory. That ought to make Ventura flip his wig. (laughs) That was terrible. Much like all his poetry, but he was one of the first guys that uh, that actually came down to the ring and and gave out merch to the the crowds. He threw frisbees when he. Got, I remember those frisbees. He came out in, uh, into the ring, and before the match started, he would like he'd have uh, four frisbees that he'd throw out to the, the the kids of the side of the ring, and then he pulled out a fourth or a fifth frisbee, and he'd have a fucking poem that is. As bad or worse than the one we just heard. Yeah. it's. I think it was the canter in which he delivered these poems that made him sound really simple. Yeah. And the, the funniest thing is that he went on to become a character called the genius. The genius. Uh, <laughs> Known for his... Uh, so... See, how can you replace that with a t-shirt? <laughs> Ask yourself that. Is it, can any t-shirt do what that thing can? Oh, my God. So, um, of course, yeah, yeah, of course, he's a second generation talent, um, and, and younger brother to, to Randy Savage, um, like I said, at, at times wore his own shirt to the ring. That aside, um, he was very much memori- memorable for, for his, his poems that he would read either as Leap and Lanny Poffo or as the genius, um, went on to, to tag team with Mr. Perfect for, a, for a period, but, Ultimately, he was uh, he was he was a jobber, man. 
I thought, like, honestly, I thought his matches were good. Yeah, he was. He was, he, like, very different at that time. Yeah, exactly. His his uh, ring style was, was kind of a high flyer. Like, when he was doing his, his, his moonsaults and his uh, senton bombs, those weren't seen at that time. They were, it was all body slams and, and power moves. Um, so Leap and Lanny Poffo uh, kind of ushered in a different uh, era of, uh, of performer, but he ultimately was uh, losing doing so. And I think he's one of those guys that you can look at and you can imagine why he didn't really get over. Um, <laughs> my count too, however, um, is not as obvious um, you guys might remember somebody. He was in WCW. He was in WWF. Uh, he was actually in a tag team called the Young Stallions. I'm talking about Jim Powers. Powers. Who remembers Jim Powers? I do. Yeah. I remember he was in a tag team called the Young, Young Stallions. Stallions. Yep. With uh, Paul Roma. Another guy that would be considered by a lot uh, to be a jobber. Um, but. Uh, the thing about Jim Powers is, you guys ever seen that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry has a, a girlfriend that's just extremely attractive and he's all, you know, doesn't see anything wrong, but everybody that meets her is like, she's a loser, Jerry. <laughs> that's kind of the Jim Powers thing. Like, well, wait, this guy's really in shape. He's got a good look. He's really athletic. You know, he can go. He's, he looks good when he's working. And then everybody's like, yeah, I know. Doesn't he suck? <laughs> like what did jim powers ever do to anybody he seemed fine to me yeah he tagged with paul roma that's why (laughs) and paul roma carried that team forever yeah and uh yeah jim powers did not i i mean the the funny thing is that we have these we're talking about these drivers there's not a whole lot you can say he was around for a long time yeah he got his own theme song in wcw that we're listening to now which is good um but yeah, Jim Powers, he never made it. <laughs> no, he did not. And the funny, the funniest thing is when you kind of go through and and like read the the biographies of these jobbers, like they'll they'll talk about all their notable losses, and they'll say, "Oh, and he picked up some victories," and all these victories were like traded between jobbers. Yeah, yeah. Jim Jim Powers did beat Steve Lombardi at one point. <laughs> you know, and like it, it you know. It, you shouldn't have to call out the the handful of victories they had. That kind of that kind of should tell you something. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Like when they say wrestled fifty matches, won once. So yeah, dead Jim Powers. My number, my my count is two. he dead? He is. He's quite. A, he's actually fifty eight years old. His real name is James Manley. James Manley. Even a, even better than Powers. He was trained by Big John Studd. Debuted in nineteen eighty four and retired in two thousand and ten. Nice. Very nice, Jono. That's an excellent two or count two, and uh, I know that we both have uh, have phenomenal count threes this evening. So. Oh, without a doubt. Which actually brings us to a situation um, in which we are going to continue to talk about jobbers. And uh, this, is a, this is a evening full of jobbers. It's a it's a it's a job evening. Uh, we're talking about jobber of the week. <laughs> All right, Jake, what's this all about? Jobber of the Week consists of this. Both of you gentlemen tell me who you guys felt had the worst week in professional wrestling. Then you guys will debate on whether or not yours is the true Jobber of the Week. Your partner, your opponent will have a rebuttal on why your Jobber should not be Jobber of the Week. Winner gets accolades, 
and praise for the rest of the week. Ooh. Maddie Atlantic, you won last week. You're on a hot streak, man. Three weeks in a row. Hot diggity. You get to choose whether you go first or second. I'll take the I'll take the reins this evening. The Roman reins. But that's not my pick. My uh, my pick this evening for jobber of the week. Um, t-shirts. <laughs> t-shirts. Jono's t-shirts. Um, it's actually uh, we we just mentioned him briefly earlier, but uh, I'm going with Kalisto. Um, from the high of uh, last week's RAW, uh, becoming the U.S. champ, he uh, he lost it essentially a day later uh, on a recording of SmackDown, um, and then this past Monday evening in a tag team match, he was the one that took the pinfall up against two guys from the League of Nations. I mean, Sheamus has had literally zero storyline for the last two weeks, and he he got the pinfall in that match. So, my jobber this week. Uh, one half of uh, the Lucha Dragons. I, I don't know. I hope Sincara feels better about my pick this evening. Jono. Um, my pick is, we already talked about this, I planted the seed early, um, Tyler Breeze. Um, purely because he has been relegated. He, uh, if you're talking about uh, a fall from grace, he has had it pretty rapidly, and he is now spending his time losing on the B and C shows um, with pretty much no future in sight. So, Tyler, Tyler Breeze. Maddie, why should Tyler Breeze not be Jobber of the Week? Tyler Breeze has been pretty much irrelevant for the last month. Um, it's He had a match on Raw, um, and I will say this was the Martin Luther King match. It was the, uh, the match that they featured... Uh, three African Americans, and uh, of course, he was on the team that was going to suffer the the loss. So he was up against them. So it's just, it's yeah. Tyler Breeze doesn't uh, say doesn't, what you mean to say. A bunch of honkies. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, whatever. But uh, yeah, he hasn't had any relevancy on the main roster for for a month. It's just tough to say that he's any different this week than he was last week. Jono, why should Kalisto... Because if Sin Cara doesn't make the cut, and he's the <laughs> losing end of that, how the hell is somebody that's going into this weekend's big show with a U.S. title match going to be a jobber of the week? It's bullshit. It's out of whack. Hopefully the jury will see the, the <laughs> truth. Good, uh, good argument coming from both of you guys. Racist, man. Jesus. <laughs> Your winner this week... Jono. Yeah. I think you know what'll happen if you said otherwise. <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> Get my own t-shirt design. Um, no, I, I agree, man. Breeze this week, and especially with wanting to leave after losing, getting his ass handed to him numerous times. Uh, very good choice for Jobber of the Week. And Matt, you made a really good point. That dude should be Jobber of the Month. Like, that guy's just been crapped on ever since he came up. And it seems as if a good portion of the NXT roster minus uh, KO KO has really been dumped on since they've come up to the main roster. Yeah, it's the truth. Well, he will continue to job until he will job no more. You like that philosophy? That's good. As long as he gets new boots, man, those things rock. I love those things. Okay. Um, congratulations, John. They should Thank sell. Well deserved. They should sell those boots. 
You guys are fucking idiots. You know, <laughs> honestly, like you think that because I, I, I'm not. I, I get it. It's marketing to wear the shirts. I get it. Makes perfect sense. But does that mean you should do it for every single character, even when it doesn't make sense you for the character? They don't do it for every character. Oh, you know they do. No, they don't. <laughs> I, when's the last time you saw Eric Rowan wearing a t-shirt? Down no, he just gets like his t-shirt design airbrushed on the back of his big jumpsuit. Where did where? When's the last time you saw Braun Strowman? Strowman wearing a t-shirt. Are you telling me you can't go to Target right now and buy that? WWE Pro Shop. Yeah. You mean from the women's section? Yeah, that's a really Extra small, small, and... It seems to be a little low cut. It seems like Strowman's showing a lot of freaking, like, That's the Tammy Lynn Sitch version right there. Oh, man. $100,000, I'll pay for Strowman instead. I'll buy her this tank top. I got you a present. <laughs> Fair trade for your ring. This tank. We'll, we'll call it even. You fucked them. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to that uh, that count three. Oh, count three of our jobber, our favorite jobbers, not just jobber of the week. These are our all time favorite jobbers. Uh, my first two counts this evening were uh, special delivery Jones, early eighties jobber. Uh, next kind of era went to Lanny Poffo, Leapin' Lanny, or the Genius. And then my final count, my pinfall this evening, is the Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi himself. Um, not only has the Brooklyn Brawler been uh, one of the most famous, but Steve Lombardi himself has gone on to such uh, famous monikers as Knuckleball Schwartz, Kimchi, <laughs> and he actually Kim had she. had a stint oh. as Doink. Yep, a- Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. I should I should have brought in him in here this evening. <laughs> I have a Brooklyn Brawler and an Abe Knuckleball Schwartz figure. <laughs> That's this guy has played multiple jobbers. Yes, he uh, he prefers neither. No, I mean, obviously, the most famous one. If if you talk about the Brooklyn Brawler, people remember him. Um, this guy that came down in a dirty New York Yankees jersey, all tattered up and, and ripped in torn jeans, um, kind of that leather cabbie hat. Yep, and uh, and just proceeded to uh, brawl and and lose. Um, he had some uh, notable defeats. Uh, he his kind of uh, premiere of his uh, brawler character. He uh, had a feud with the Red Rooster. Um, that he, he lost to he lost to Big Bully Busick. And actually, this kind of is a nice trivia question. He uh, jobbed to Dwayne Johnson in uh, Dwayne Johnson's tryout match. Wow. Um, and the cool thing about the Brawler is that he was actually afforded a character. Like, he was, uh, you know, he was one of the few job guys, and unless you look over to WCW where that's all they were uh, in, like, the mid-'90s, um, he was actually a character. Yeah. He got to play multiple characters, but spoke with that uh, heavy accent, and yeah, it was it was one of those guys. Like he's he's got uh, he's got some clout to him too, because he's still with the company, he's still working as I believe some sort of talent coordinator backstage. So he's uh, he's definitely uh, earned his uh, earned his stripes. Wasn't he uh, part of the Heenan family for yes. a while? Yeah. That was uh, when Red Rooster broke off. The uh, Heenan family kind of uh, used the brawler to, to fight him. Awesome. Very cool. 
Good so call. I uh, I finished up with the uh, the Brooklyn Brawler, and I know that your uh, your pinfall this evening is uh, is closely related to the Brooklyn Brawler. But uh, get us to the your pinfall first. Uh, absolutely. So um, my 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 count one is uh, Mike Bell of Perry Saturn fame. <laughs> my count two is uh, Jim Powers, longtime journeyman that could not get it done. On a consistent basis, my count three. I, I, you can't think Jobber without thinking of Barry Horowitz. Absolutely, there's no way. Honestly, I have. Before I spoke to you, uh, <laughs> Barry, Horowitz, <laughs> Barry Horowitz, and like another I'm thing, B- Barry Horowitz. Um, just for no reason, he, you know. What did he ever do to anybody? <laughs> it's those goddamn suspenders. You know, and I he was fairly decent in the ring from what I remember. Um, he's been all over. I mean, he competed in WCW. Uh, obviously, we remember him most for his WWF stint. Um, and but he actually, 91 to 97 yeah. was the one I remember him. And then you get to hear, I mean, I, well, I don't know what his character was. Um, obviously, he came out to the... Um, Hebrew Israeli folk song that you're listening to here, Hala <laughs> Nagila. Um, and I guess, you know, he is kind of a mensch, if I had to guess with the last name <laughs> Horovitz. That's a Yiddish name. He had the Star of David on his wrestling trunks. Yeah, he was very Jewish, I think. <laughs> he had the, 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 curly, the curly kind of Jew fro. Yep. He had, like, yeah, that, that kind of. I just Barry Horowitz is such a mystery to me. <laughs> Patting himself on the back, we remember yeah, that absolutely. Yeah, he had he, he had he actually the, uh, came out to the ring with a with a shirt that had the yep, hand, the hand on them, which was, I bet you they sold a shitload pre, of those the precursor shirts. to the uh, the hand across the the chest. It was of, actually uh, a Jack vest Swagger. that he came out with, not some shitty t shirt. <laughs> it was a nice you know leather vest that only he could get. <laughs> do, you, do you think Jack Swagger just pretty much just is just wearing a backwards Yeah, it's a backwards Horowitz shirt. shirt. Um I don't remember most of this. I'm looking at his page right now and uh it said something here that uh Horace the portrayal of Horowitz as a stereotypical nerd when not wrestling showed Horowitz with large glasses, dress shirts buttoned all the way up to the top, and a pocket protector. He formed a tag team with the newly turned-faced Hakushi, whom he attempted to Americanize. It was not meant to be remembered. That's the yeah. best part. That's why you don't remember. <laughs> I, I vaguely in- remember the appearance of him in glasses and pocket protector, but the storyline is uh, completely lost on me. Um, Barry Horowitz is actually known for not liking the term jobber whatsoever. He prefers enhancement talent so here's the the way we close this up let's say tomorrow you meet barry horowitz how do you respond if you meet to, I mean, if you accidentally uh, have a chance meeting with well, barry horowitz do well, you say oh thing, i'm a huge thing, fan first thing i'd have to actually look on my phone to see if i recognize him <laughs> is that horowitz <laughs> shalom <laughs> <laughs> that would be the test, but yeah, I just like say I love love what you did back in the uh, the nineties. I mean, he, he was everybody knew what he was there to do. Um, That's what you would say. You would offend him by saying I loved what you did in the nineties. Do you think he he's a he's uh, embarrassed by what he did in the nineties? Um, 
See, that's the thing. That's it's kind of the ultimate thing. Is do are, do you end do, up being embarrassed with well, a career the thing, like this? Like, if if he's not a jobber and just kind of a, a middle of the road guy, do we remember him? I, I think being. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we remember this guy. <laughs> this guy was the ultimate of you know put over talent. But I think I think what Matt's saying this dude is was the Tyler Breeze of his day. <laughs> are we gonna Are we gonna end up remembering Barry Horowitz more than we end up remembering like a D'Lo Brown? Yeah, right. you know, absolutely. I think so. The, I think, for the first thing you said, like when you guys said when I got the text that said we're gonna do jobbers, all time jobbers, first name that comes to mind, absolutely. Barry Horowitz. Barry Me Horowitz. and Matt both chose Barry. I just got in there sooner. Yeah, he he took the took the reins on that one and took the lead. Um. But yeah, without a doubt, this is this is a guy along with I'd say I'd say Iron Mike Sharp and Brooklyn Brawler are the the, the three guys that uh, that kind of paved the way for guys like uh, our, our good friend Tyler Breeze. And I do want to say uh, the lack of respect I found a little disturbing, um, being that on Monday Night Raw there was no you know they took the time to remember Martin Luther King, but they couldn't remember Iron Mike Sharp. There was no ten bell, you know. Do I think he deserves it? Honestly, I think if Barry Horowitz was to die tomorrow, I would be a little disappointed if he got nothing yeah. aside from a brief mention from Michael Cole during a tag team match. Oh, and, and Mike Sharp, he, he had a career with them before he became a jobber. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a pretty formative guy in the ring before he became that jobber. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, that's... That's the show. Here's kind of a there fun one, too. Uh, Horowitz is the subject of a rap song by rapper Action Bronson. Uh, Horowitz has indicated oh, that Bronson did not get permission to use his name or likeness. <laughs> and it, if he had gotten permission, he would have learned that it would cost $100,000. <laughs> and, and a Hall of Fame ring. <laughs> when does Barry Horowitz get his Hall of Fame ring? That's a good question. Him and Sting should be inducted at the same time. <laughs> Oh, man. Good show, boys. As always, uh, Ring General Radio is a 4D podcast production. It has been recorded live at Thompson Home Studios in beautiful Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Your on-air talent this evening has been Maddie Atlantic and the Red Star of Minnesota, John O'Beaver. Follow them individually on Twitter at Maddie underscore Atlantic and at John O'Beaver. I've been your producer, Stubby J. You can find me at Stubby Two Cents. Find these guys together on Twitter at Ring underscore Generals or on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Ring General Radio hour boys good show this week got another one coming up next week another six days before people get to listen to us do we want to uh give them the surprise for next week yeah do you want a surprise announcement uh surprise announcement figure that one out barry horowitz (laughs) um surprise announcement john do you want to give it away or no i don't all right surprise announcement is that next week there will be no jobber of the week instead we'll be doing a uh, Battle Bowl Trivia Royal Rumble here on the 4D Podcast Network on Ring General Radio. It's going to feature, of course, your hosts for the Ring Generals and three very special guests. Uh, to tune be in determined. Ne- yeah, to be determined. Tune in next week to find out more about that. Six days before they can listen to us again, what should they be watching? Go out and find some Horovitz. I don't have anything specific. I do know that he, at one point, upset Skip from the Body Donnas. Track that one down. There you go. Featuring Tammy Lynn Sage. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, I'm going to give you uh, grand. a Royal Rumble to watch. Um, the, the one that's happening yeah. this week. No. Well, that that too. <laughs> definitely uh, definitely tune in so that you uh, understand what we're talking about next next Wednesday. Um, but the 1999 Royal Rumble, one of the, uh, the worst Royal Rumbles of all time, um, basically focused on the, the McMahon-Stone Cold feud mm-hmm. throughout, uh, even though at, at – major portions of the match they weren't involved at all um but you also get uh maven kind of pulling the old uh uh eric rowan before eric rowan did where he attacked a a participant in order to get into the match um and you get to see uh badass billy gunn wrestle in uh one boot (laughs) nice that's awesome so uh yeah check that one check that one out uh and then hopefully uh, this Sunday will uh, will definitely exceed those expectations. Maven, a lot of fun, man. Awesome show, guys. Thank you very much, Jono. That's that's it for me. Awesome. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. But until next week, the bell tolls for the ring generals. Good night. <laughs>